some movies don't need an introduction. So I look forward to our discussion on this episode of Movies Will Save the World. Okay, maybe movies do need an introduction. However, some movies are so iconic, it is hard to imagine what it was like before they existed. Movies that either began a new genre or just simply perfected it. In 1979, a movie was unleashed on the world that was so shocking that people actually walked out or even fainted during it. So what kind of movie was it? Was it a monster movie? Or a survival game? Pure horror? Or maybe a science fiction? Or in fact, all of the above? It created a new type of movie and it also perfected it. Has there ever been a movie that is more suspenseful than it? Well, Glenn and I will find out as we discuss Ridley Scott's Alien on this episode of Movies Will Save the World. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. And I'm Chris Peterson. And today, uh, Chris, I'm recovering from a cold. I know you're a little bit under the weather. Yeah. But we will soldier on. We are discussing the 1979 movie Alien, hmm. which, uh, Chris, what was the theme you picked? Like extreme tension I, or pure yeah, suspense? Yeah, I, I thought, the, you know, we had watched... Um, you know, a few movies that had failed at this particular um, subject. So it's uh-huh. suspenseful movie. This, to me, is yeah. the most suspenseful movie that yeah, any, I, anyone has put together. I know. I was having a hard time thinking of a movie that, that is more suspenseful from this or, or than this. Because, um, oh, my God, is it suspenseful at so many points. And, yeah. Um, and the way it's shot and the way it's acted and the story and everything like really contributes to that. But, um, yeah, I don't know where you want to start with this movie. Um, I mean, I think it's always, uh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just, um, I mean, I'll start with my, (laughs) my childhood where I, I remember this movie, you know, obviously I did not see it in the theater, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I saw the commercials, and heard, you know, on the radio, even the radio uh-huh. ads for this were terrifying. <laughs> and it like had, you know, absorbed me yeah. um, even before I saw it. I had, uh-huh. I had already built up uh, this kind of um, mythology <laughs> yeah. f- for, the, for the film before I even saw mm-hmm. it. And, and then when I did see it, it was even more terrifying than my, <laughs> than my awful nightmares could create (laughs) yeah Um, and what's i think what we both find amazing is that you know a movie from 1979 is still better than anything people are doing right now (laughs) it i mean it i i was i want to come back to our origin stories with this but like watching it again i was struck by 
how unique this movie is and what a unique take mm-hmm. on the science fiction genre it right. was. Even from the opening title card to the stylized way <laughs> yeah. the, the word alien appears, <laughs> you know, already you are like, this is not this is not Star Trek. This is not Star Wars. No. I mean, I think Star Wars did a good job of sort of introducing us to a, a grittier science fiction. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, this takes us down to the dregs of science fiction, right? No, and, and it's to go way back <laughs> to before our time. You know, there, there. I mean, science fiction was kind of one of the popular forms of cinema for science fiction mm-hmm. were these schlocky B, yeah. you know, monster movies. You know, that, that was kind of, and they were, they weren't that, you know, I don't even think at the time people were that scared of them. There was more of a fun, fun movie to go to, but this totally, you're right. It, it creates this, it created a genre, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the first movie of this type Mm -hmm. Um, and they still did it perfectly the first time. Um, Yeah. And and I know, I know we're going to just repeat that. (laughs) <laughs> repeat that theme over and over again during this but i can't help it i mean I've... Uh, yeah one of the things and i kind of want to save this for later but i was struck by just what a great job they did with you know in almost entirely practical well entirely practical effects right yeah exactly um and i was sort of thinking about that in terms of the like uh constraints breed creativity right and like if you had yeah, sort of true. carte blanche with like i can build whatever environment or world you want in my computer. I don't know that it would have felt the same at, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, one of the great uh, constraints of sort of practical effects is you, is you have to be tight. You have to be tight on an object. You're dealing with models and all of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. you have to get creative with what materials do we have in the real world that can create certain effects. And I think it, it, it lends to the sort of claustrophobia that you feel throughout this movie. Oh yeah. You don't have these big sweeping wide shots of an entire (laughs) expanse, right? Everything is up close and personal. Um, and I think the, the claustrophobia is such a big part of what, Mm -hmm. you know, drives the suspense in this movie. Um, anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, if I, it's that. Oh, yeah. I was all I wanted to add to that is like I just I've noticed that the types of horror that I like are very much. That's the one commonality they have is that they mm. they, you know, it's the the universe is small, and for some right. reason, rather than that being less terrifying, they it's when it's done right. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's even more terrifying because there's no escape. They have to deal right. with whatever entity or, you know, whatever force is against them. <laughs> they, they have to deal with it one way or the other because it's, you know, they're going to die otherwise. There's, there's, right. no getting, there's no getting out. And you're locked in on their perspective, which I think puts you closer to them and what they yeah. are experiencing versus if you had this sort of like top down view of, oh, the aliens around the corner. Well, that wouldn't, <laughs> be very, that wouldn't be very suspenseful, would it? So, yeah. Well, it was it was interesting to hear your sort of uh, origin story of, you know, you seeing this movie for the first time. Um, uh, mine is, is fairly similar in that uh, this movie is... This movie came out the year after I was born. 
So, yes, <laughs> I did not see it in the theater. I had responsible parents <laughs> who didn't take me to Alien when I was one year old. <laughs> but, like... And so there is a part of me that feels a little bit robbed in that I knew a lot of what happened, right? I knew oh. about the chest burster. Oh, you did? Bef- okay. Yeah. I had a friend in like middle school who had a t-shirt with a rubber alien bursting out of his chest on it. So it was like common <laughs> lore, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Joey, if you're out there, great shirt. Um, <laughs> but, and that said, like I knew it was terrifying right so i wanted to watch this movie and my dad and i used to watch movies like this together and i wanted to watch it with him um but i knew it was gonna terrify me so i actually went out and bought the book right the book that came out after the movie right it was like novelization of the screenplay um oh, you know, okay. this movie's not based on a book it's an original screenplay <laughs> right <laughs> so i read the book first just so that i knew what i was in store for and then watched the movie with my dad so <laughs> that okay. and i was probably like 12 or 13 maybe 14 something right. like that you know um but yeah and i had the same reaction <laughs> like you know it's like i know everything that's gonna happen and i'm still absolutely terrified yeah um, sitting here watching this and I actually have a, a, an addition to my origin story for the for the movie. So they, I don't think they do this. Maybe they do this now. I haven't seen a real book in a long time. But this wasn't the novel. What it was, they used to do this for like Star Wars and Star Trek. You could buy. A, it was um, you know a it was it was a you know not a hardcover book. It was just a, a little book that had actual stills from the movie. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then little blurbs of like, <laughs> of of the dialogue. So it right. looked, it, it was like a comic book or graphic novel, except it was the actual pictures from the movie. So I had like Star Trek and I had Star uh-huh. Wars, but my parents would not let me get Alien, of course. Interesting. So <laughs> I remember funny. going to the bookstore and sneaking off yeah <laughs> and and looking at it and i uh-huh. didn't understand anything about the story right. it didn't make any right. sense to me i just saw the images yeah. of of what happened but i you know <laughs> it, it was like having the pu- it was having all the pieces to the puzzle but you didn't see you know what the yeah. puzzle was supposed to look like so it was several years later that i actually saw the right. film i don't know why this is what i comes to mind you describing that but did you ever read mad magazine as a kid Yeah, of course yeah 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 so, i was a regular like, guy oh yeah me too for years i had a subscription and like like every episode <laughs> that there would be like every every, <laughs> every magazine it would be like some movie yeah right and like half of them i hadn't seen and it was that same experience of like I guess this is part of the movie. I don't know why these jokes are here. I guess this is funny. (laughs) But it is like, it's like being on the outside, you know, getting those little clues of, you know, if you sat down and watched it, these are the things you'd see, but you don't know at the time what they all mean or how they stitched together. Yeah. And I, and I think that was, I mean, now reflecting on it, it almost made it even more, it could have gone the other way, but it made it more scary to me because, mm. like you're saying, and I had already built up this, <laughs> I had already built yeah. up the sense of dread of uh-huh. of being of being terrified, um, <laughs> and then to see it played out was even right. beyond what my 
crazy childlike imagination could have come up with. It was, yeah. it was, and you know, we talk, you know, if we want to just dive right into the beginning, I mean, it, the, yeah. the suspense builds immediately. I mean, it's almost right. like you're right. The title, <laughs> when mm-hmm. the, when the name alien is disclosed piece by piece, I mean, even that is kind of, it's kind of scary. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's very ominous that something, something's coming um and it is and it's like this slope (laughs) pan across a planet yep um and and the music is interesting oh the music's great yeah the score like cuts this balance between almost whimsical but also ominous i don't know how they pulled that off but um yeah it has a great yeah, score to it. It's it's something that I have heard other people talk about the quality of it. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's just me, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's it's just again, it's it's a perfect storm of everything working together, um, right. and, and it really shouldn't have. I mean, what you know, you know pro- as much as I do about the kind of the the making and the the history of this and how it um, it came together in such a convoluted fashion it's amazing that you know it it wasn't garbage you know right (laughs) that that it that it it somehow just yeah got put together and and conveyed i think ultimately i mean really yeah i mean i haven't i'm trying to think of other movies that literally gave me nightmares and i can only think Mm. of this this one where I was actually oh, okay. terrified to sleep with the lights out after seeing this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. To this huh. day. Yeah, I still do. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> For me, it was Gremlins, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what I don't know. What do we want to talk about? So, this is like. My understanding, the it's like the the prequel to Alien versus Predator, right? <laughs> right. I thought that was your theme is great prequels, <laughs> <laughs> or is it? I guess it came after it. I don't know. That's a really maybe it's the. I guess it's the sequel to Alien versus Predator. You know, that I knew was... we weren't. Get, I knew we weren't going to get through this episode without talking about Alien oh, versus Predator. We, yes, no that. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All right, so I got it out of the way now, so we don't have yeah, we good, don't good. have to spend any more time on it. We could Thank talk you. about just the quality and excitement. Yeah. So, so here's I I I, I kind of want to go through parts of the movie, but one of the things that again, whenever we talk about a movie like this, that's iconic, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's the question I always have is like, what sets it apart? What sets mm-hmm. it apart from any mm-hmm. other? science fiction, horror, you know, schlocky thing that you were talking about. (laughs) Um, And I think there are a couple of things in this movie. One is um, there is a very distinctive look and feel to the movie. It's it's dark, it's gritty, but it's also creative. It has an eye, you know, it, it has a an aesthetic to yeah. it, you know, and that aesthetic comes from, you know, there's so much like symbolism and imagery of like, you know, um, uh, you know, mother, the computer, right. It's like, that's being in a womb, you know, like, um, and then you get to Giger's design for the alien and, you know, there's so much like phallic imagery and and stuff like that. There's just, I think, I think when you get a movie like this, that is at the end of the day, it's a sci-fi movie with a monster in it. 
And it could be just that, but there is so much like design and creativity that has gone into every piece yeah. of it. I, yeah. I think that's what sets it apart from, you know, other, you know, sci-fi movies, sci-fi horror movies, things like that. Yeah. Cause we could, I mean, we could spend, we could spend this whole podcast just talking about the work of Giger and, and then Chris Foss yeah. who did mm-hmm. Nostromo you know, so he did like the human side of it, you know, which mm-hmm. was also brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think he, I mean, because you're overshadowed, sh- right. <laughs> overshadowed <laughs> by Giger's work, yeah. which is so yeah. iconic. Um, right. But it wouldn't have worked. You're right. It wouldn't have worked as well as well if it would have just been all, you know, it would have had I, that, that those two worlds right. um, that are so defined Mm-hmm. Um, because they're from two geniuses, um, yeah. make it a visually appealing movie and does play into the story itself, which isn't always right. the case with, mm-hmm. I mean, any movie really, where, I mean, just the actual construction of the sets and, and things right. like that. Um, I, 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 read, I read that when Ridley Scott saw like early artwork that Giger had produced, his response was, the biggest challenge for this movie has just been solved or something like that. He was ah, like, right. he was like the, the area where this movie breaks down has been solved by this person's, you know, <laughs> vision. Right. And, right. And I get what he means. Right. Because like if, if the alien is not, I mean, you don't see it a lot, but it has to be terrifying. And, and I don't think you get terrifying from a conventional monster design right his designs are so yeah. out of left field right that oh. like to see that persona you know to see that represented on screen is a part of what makes this movie work <laughs> you know have you ever seen um there there's just like some of the test that when when the actor <laughs> was 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 putting on the costume for the first time, they just filmed them walking around in like one of the sets, and it scared the yeah. shit out of me. I mean, just watching that—it's <laughs> not even—it's just they're testing the movement of the yeah. suit, and it is horrifying. If I, yeah. you know, and I've seen one of those costumes up close, and I did not like yeah. it. No, um, no, I, no, I, and just. <laughs> and the the added creativity of like the mouth within a mouth, like mouth. who thinks of that, right? Yeah, like that is, it is such I mean, a weird. <laughs> everything about it is weird, but I mean, it's such a. Yeah, exactly what you just said. Who thinks of that? I guess no, yeah, and and Giger, and it needs to be. Uh, yeah, Geeker does. It <laughs> needs to be unsettling, right? And and I think <laughs> that's the key. You get this incredible imagination. Um. And I, yeah, I just think so many of these things sort of stitch together, like all of his imagery and symbolism um, tied to, you know, even the waking up out of the pods as the yeah. crew is coming awake. It's yeah. like sort of being born to a certain right. extent. There is a lot of like womb-like, um, the sound design in this, uh, you know, sort of reinforces that with the sort of periodic, like, you know, um, um, I, I don't know how to describe it, like breath-like sounds in the background, you know, mm-hmm. especially when, when either Dallas or Ripley are in <laughs> communicating with mother, um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and because Giger's stuff is so like, 
body centric and like phallic and you know all of that it's like really it's I like, didn't it, catch it <laughs> oh you didn't see the big penis head oh huh. I'll have to watch it again <laughs> yeah but like all of these it's it's not it, this is I mean it's not like crazy creativity for creativity's sake like right. they all mm-hmm. tie together in a really wonderful way um that leaves you utterly terrified. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> As usual, we don't talk about <laughs> the movie before we we talk about it now. Um, yeah. But you, you had mentioned that you were you watched it for I don't know. Just since we you know we knew we were going to discuss it, we had to like mm-hmm. come up with talking points. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm just curious what. When you watched it for for this podcast, were were there specific yeah. things that you were looking for, or different? Um, I don't. Yeah, the movie as a whole or sp- specific parts. The biggest thing, and 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 <laughs> folks listening, we assume you've seen this movie and probably more than <laughs> once, but so we don't need to like set up the whole plot yeah, and I, everything. I hope not. I'm yeah. Not gonna do um, the biggest thing that I noticed, which I haven't noticed, I mean, it's obvious in retrospect, but I haven't seen, uh, uh, let me just, oh, I'll back up. The biggest thing that jumped out to me is how every single action that Ash takes, uh, takes, that <laughs> Ash takes throughout the movie is entirely designed to getting that alien on board and and getting it back to you know the company or what have you. All right, um, I have to stop you right there. This okay. is this is we have not compared notes. We have not done anything. It is so weird <laughs> yeah. because that's exactly the way I watched this movie this time. <laughs> yeah, Through, as as Ash is one of the antagonists. Yeah, of of the film. So mm-hmm. this will be interesting because like we can literally compare notes on this like those parts yeah. because the, all right this this is exciting like I didn't I I had no idea you were doing that either so cool all right go ahead yeah I mean uh, oh gosh I mean it, I just it just struck me that everything he does is is steering the ship right <laughs> yeah. um, I mean there are the obvious moments when he is the one to break quarantine and let yep. you know Dallas and and Lambert um, and. Uh, uh, Kane? Why can't I remember his name? Kane, da- thank you. Da- Jesus. Dallas? <laughs> Dallas, Kane, and Lambert back on the ship after Kane's been, you know, the, the face hugger attacked. Yeah. But but even earlier in that, like there's a little moment where I think Ash is like, hey, uh, Ash, you need to go talk to mother. Mother wants to talk to you. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's like all it's I feel like every line that he has is driven to that objective. And I didn't notice that as pronounced as I did this time watching it. No, I agree. Um, Because even like, for instance, you have that just, it seems to just throw away dialogue. It's, it's, it's it's Parker talking about them not getting their shares and like complaining that, you know, which I think does actually serve. I shouldn't say it's throwaway. It seems throwaway, but it actually serves mm-hmm. a purpose and like just showing right. that these are just people and they're yeah, yeah, you know, they're just they're just doing a job. You know, they don't. There's not some noble 
mission totally. that they're on. They're 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 annoyed that they have to like go and do this. And then Parker's like too. Parker's like, I don't want to do it. And then Ash intervenes saying, and then he Ash is the one that quotes yep. the company policy. Which right, I right. you know, looking at it now, it's weird. Why is the science officer the one? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't it Dallas or why isn't it Kane saying right. Exactly. No, we got to do this. That's part of your right. contract. The fact that mm-hmm. the the science guy is the one mm-hmm. quoting, you know, what his contract is, is another case where it's like, yeah, he is wholly, yeah. you know, interested in finding out what this, you know, they ha- getting this thing, you know. And, 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 you, and you don't notice it as much because, no. you know, uh, uh, Dallas is, I mean, there's, there's other parts in the movie where Dallas is just like, Hey, I'm just hired to fly the ship. Right. Like Dallas already, you know, gives off an air of like, Hey man, I'm just here to do a job. Yep. You don't expect him to be the one who knows the, the legalese of the yeah. contract. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and Kane is just like the, I'm up for whatever, <laughs> you know? So, so like you don't notice it as much, but, but knowing that, you know, he knows, Ash knows from the moment he's quote unquote woken up, which I'm curious about what his experience is being in quote hypersleep if he's been a robot the whole time. But, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, but knowing that he has this different objective, it's just, it's just all those little tiny, what seemed like to your point, throwaway lines really jumped out as no, he is pushing things along in a very subtle way yep. to get what he what his mission is. Right? Yeah, he has a he has an end game that right. and a, you know and an agenda that is mm-hmm. is you know we don't know until right. the reveal. Right. Um, and there's <laughs> even those cutaway scenes where you see Ash's reaction or non-reaction to mm-hmm. different to different things. Even even right. even when you know the famous scene where Kane is on the table, mm-hmm. like when he's starting to feel sick. You know, yeah. the science, the doctor isn't, Yeah, he doesn't immediately respond. No, um, he's just observing. Yeah. And then when the alien does come up and like Parker's going to stab <laughs> it or something. Yeah. He's like, no, don't, like, don't do. Like, yeah. Why would don't he say it. that? Don't, yeah. Exactly. Don't t- like, right. No, that's exactly what you should do. <laughs> this thing has, just came out of this guy's stomach. You should kill it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, why and, not? And again, and again, I think that's. I think that is such a great moment because if one were to give him the benefit of the, the benefit of the doubt, you could say, well, maybe he's saying that as a cautionary thing. We don't know what this is capable of. Yeah, yeah, Let's back right. off and get more information. Um, but no, he's like, don't touch it because I need to capture this as a specimen. And then when, um, oh gosh, Oh, I think when they're examining the facehugger, right? The facehugger yeah. has fallen off and died. Yep. And Ripley's like, let's just blow it out of the airlock. Yeah. He's like, no, Ripley, this has to go back. There's all sorts of <laughs> tests that have to be done. Right. You know, and it's, yeah, it's all that kind of stuff where, again, like, common sense is like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> we'll maybe, like, we'll file a report when we get back and say what we saw and someone else can deal with it. And he's well, like, me- you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, so let me ask you this to to the point of just since Ash was um kind of the the eyes that I the lens that I looked through this movie for the yeah. the background of suspense. Like mm-hmm. even all right, I I wanted to ask you this is the um 
what 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 are the words that he used? You know, the the sensors that he built, right? Like oh yeah, that micro micro changes in air density the, in the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> And then Ripley at some point said, you know, she said, yeah, like my, my ass or whatever. I mean, yeah. do you think, do you think those things actually worked? Seriously? Like, I mean, obviously they, I mean, in real life they don't, but do you think Ash purposely made some, you know, something that didn't work like in, in order that they would fail? I don't think so. It's a, it's a good question. Um, okay. And not one that I've given much thought to, so that's my that's my that's my dumb answer. No, I I um because they seem to kind of work in the sense like yeah they located you know Jonesy in that one scene mm-hmm. where right the right. cat was hiding in the locker um, which I don't know how the cat got in the locker. That's what, I've, I've that always that's, that's actually that. my ma- major issue with this thing. That's <laughs> why the movie didn't work for me. It's like there's. <laughs> but then how did they and then if that was true how did that density thing work if the cat was locked away anyway yeah uh, i that's the the motion tracker is the one thing that i i'm gonna just say uh it doesn't quite hold water for me but i don't care um <laughs> but i no i i do think i don't think the movie is trying to say that he was building something that didn't work or didn't work entirely. Um, and I think this backs up him. A, there's like two sides to this, right? Like one, to a certain extent, he does need to find this thing, I guess. I don't know what his plan is once they find it. Yeah. Once they do, was he freezing? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, But I also think he's, he's, he's got a hold up this, image of being a helpful part of the crew right Um, even though ripley said like that's you know ash is like yeah just continue to do nothing like you've done the entire time which Mm -hmm. is yeah yeah, i mean yeah just (laughs) like still what what you're well that that was gathering data or something no yeah that was on the heels of one of my favorite lines where (laughs) his like i want to use this in a professional setting hey are you done with this yet and i'm like nope still collating that's what he said is we're still collating which doesn't that just mean sorting like there's no yeah isn't it that's what it's a sorter isn't it yeah yeah yeah. no you're right anyway yeah So no, I I felt like they were legitimate, you know, motion tracking things. I don't get quite the, the way that they work, and it's a little bit dubious. Um, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't feel like it was a an intentional way to sabotage the crew, right? Because uh, because there much. are uh, yeah. Because I was trying as I was looking at Ash's actions and motivations as kind of a the 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 dark presence. Mm-hmm. You know the other antagonist of this movie, right? Right. Um, you know, thinking about every every action is having some sort of evil intention. So even mm-hmm. even something like yeah, I built these like you know these sticks and they, with a box at the end that can track yeah. things. You know that that would be something that you know he would just use as kind of a red herring. Uh, you know, but. Mm-hmm they do seem to do something in the movie. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of, you know, as much as this is a perfect movie to me, there are a lot of things I overlook in the terms yeah. of like, I, 
if you start to question it too deeply, mm-hmm. you think, yeah, I mean, for instance, how do they even know that distress signal was an alien that they wanted to use for a bioweapon? You know, we don't right, know. Right. That's just yep. not important. Yep. But yep. it seems when you think about it, like, yeah, how did the, the company, which we they never call it Whalen yutani actually in the movie. Right. It's just right. Um, the corporate or the company. Yeah. Or the cor- yeah. The corporation or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did they know that there was this cool alien on a planet that they needed to bring back? I mean, how did, was it just lucky that they happened to have a, you know, a mining ship in the area that could make the detour? You know, it's, it's just like all those little things that we just say, okay, well, this this is what happened, you know, even. I I agree. I, I mean, you know, and, and they knew before they sent them out. Right. So they replaced the previous science officer yeah. with Ash. So, yeah, so why the point send that... truckers, right, after this thing? <laughs> yeah, <But> exactly. <laughs> none of those things really kind of hold up. But, yeah, like like tease what you said, I don't, I don't care that much. Um, and uh, it may yeah. just be, like, for instance, that the whole theme of these, these are just like, yeah, the truckers in space mm-hmm. thing. It's just, yeah, they're crews expendable you know these right, these guys right. are, they mean nothing to us they're you know they're just bodies that we hired you know to do this <laughs> job so that they really aren't that important i mean and, right, right i mean the company itself is kind of i mean ash represents Wayland yutani but i mean they too are kind of this malevolent force against against our heroes yeah. in the movie you know I, there's i that's mean part and of I, it and I would almost argue that they are the protagonist. I mean, this is a movie about a, a terrible alien that's killing everyone on board the ship, but they were sent there for a purpose. And there is someone there on board that is trying to see out that purpose from the company, you know, like the alien, it's just an alien. It's just a hostile creature. You almost can't blame it. Right. It doesn't have motives. It's just right. doing what it does. Right. You know? Which is why Ash admires it so much. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's purity. It's purity. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say like it's structural purity is well she, she's by like its hostility. you admire it don't you he's like <laughs> yeah. i admire its purity um. <laughs> yeah yeah well let's talk a little bit about the crew um yeah. because i think i think the crew is another thing that sets this movie apart from other sci-fi movies. I mean, you do have, you've got the captain, you've got the XO, you've got the science officer. Um, you've got the, the, you know, some of the standard, you know, positions that you would see, but this is very much not like a quote military ship or something like that. This is a blue collar towing crew. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and again, I, I think it's great. I, I think it's great also because it is relatable, right? Like we, we can relate to almost everyone on this, on the ship to a certain extent, or at least we know people like them, right? Yeah, because um, they're not like, um, I mean, for this is one, not Star Trek, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. In fact, you know, our heroes are very much, they're not superheroes. These are regular right. people and they're not doing things that are like, unbelievable or like mm-hmm. that's you know things that are out of out of the realm of you know <laughs> pos- right. real life and mm-hmm. they casted it with quality actors throughout yeah i for mean sure 
some of these people were known and some of them were like Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver completely unknown. But right. I mean, this is this is a cast that is basically like a, you know, like a superstar lineup of almost supporting actors in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously Ian Holm, you know, is as yeah. Bill Baggins, yeah, <laughs> you know John Hurt. He he was yeah. you know the Elephant Man and um, mm-hmm. uh, Yafet Koto. He was the bad guy in um, Live and Great. Let Die. Uh-huh. And Veronica uh-huh. Cartwright, yeah, she was the little girl in The Birds. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, crazy. I, I, I The Birds is also one of my favorite movies. She happens to be in two of my favorite <laughs> horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tom Skerritt, yeah. Uh, again, and the, and then of course Sigourney, right? I, I think I got everybody. So this oh, we, is we're like, missing uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh yes, Brett. sorry, Brett. <laughs> again, I mean these are, right. these are people who all, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. are are just excellent, and right. um, I think that also makes it better than your average, you know, slasher or thriller or whatever. It's it's that. You you're you're interested in what happens to these people, and then it's not like they're super likable or anything. You know, you don't. No, I or, mean, or, I mean, or do you see that they like each other all that much during, in in the right. realm in the realm of the movie? I, I mean, you you get I mean you get a couple of great moments, right? You get the the division between um, Parker oh, yeah. and Brett as yep. the the you know maintenance <laughs> guy, the technical guys yeah. that are repairing the ship. Co- opposed to the folks who were on the flight crew and that kind of thing. Yeah. You get the great moment where like Parker comes back and he's like, Ash, you're in my seat. And Ash is like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so there's like some, some bullying going on there, right? You get the very distinct vibe of like, even though everyone here is blue collar, there are two sort of classes and you yeah. know, the bonus situation serves to, <laughs> to, to, to communicate that. Um, but also I think, you know, I, I believed every action that every person in this movie took. I believed yes. they yeah. operated within the context of the film and they acted the way that regular rational human beings would act. And I think that is one got. of the main differences between this and like you're just, you know, the, the regular horror tropes or you're, you're right, screaming right. at the screen saying, you know, why <laughs> are they doing split that? Up. <laughs> right. Let's, or yeah. let's, well, they did split up, didn't they? I mean, they did. Yeah, but they went in teams, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nobody running through the forest in high heels, you know, <laughs> falling down. Right. Um, you know, and, and there actually are, it's funny because there are like jump scares in this movie. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the main, I mean, with the cat, I mean, that's, which I think is well, amusing so, actually. I, I do too. So, but, but that's a great point because the film at that point, right? They're, they're trying to track down the alien. They think it's a little one at that point. Cause it just yeah. burst out of, of John Hurt's chest. Um, uh, and so they got a net and then they open the locker and the cat springs out. And then, uh, Brett, Harry Dean Stanton's character lets it go. Um, and then they say like, you got to go get the cat. Gotta get we're going right. to, we're going to move on. So that to me, like, this is not the stupid let's split up. And everyone be on their own. Uh, good that is a reasonable reaction. Yeah. We've just had this terrifying. They're even like, la- like, oh my god! You can see them in the moment, like recovering from <laughs> right the adrenaline and the, and the terror that they just felt. And then they're just like, oh man, go get the cat, man. 
And he's backtracking over ground they've already covered, right? right? This right. is so again, it's just it's believable and yet it serves the need to separate the people so that the alien can pick them off one by one, but in a believable way. Yeah, I, you know what? I never thought of that. You're absolutely right. It it's that that's the plot itself really needed you know, needed them to isolate in that regard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um it was as you just said, it was a logical reason. Yeah, just go back and get the cat. It's probably you know, right. it's probably it's just, just in the next in the room. Next room. Yeah. Just just get it and we can move on. Because it's gonna be showing up on their little sensors all the time if they don't. Right. I actually can't think of a point where people were separated where there wasn't a good reason. So um there's another point later on where um oh it's right after uh, Brett gets killed and um, Tom Skerritt is telling, you know, Parker to go refuel the flamethrower incinerator. <laughs> and he's like, Ash, go with him. And Parker's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't need any help. Right. Um, but like, even there, they're vo- vocalizing the like stick together kind of thing. Um, and then you get like the ultimate later on when, you know, it's just down to Parker Lambert and uh, Ripley yeah. And and Ripley's the one that's like all go to the shuttle and then, you know, the alien goes for the two people who are still together. So, <laughs> like I I just I can't think of a moment where people separating apart from each other, which has to happen to serve what the movie needs to do, yeah, doesn't feel believable and realistic. It is more like um, you know, we we talked a few podcasts ago, we, we looked at Knives Out, which was, mm-hmm. to me, a, a, a whodunit like mm-hmm. Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. a very suspenseful story where one by one, the characters are, you know, taken out. And they right. also, in that book, um, there are, again, logical reasons why they, why they would separate at times. Because the, they eventually figured out one of us is the killer. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be separated. We should all be, keep our eyes on each other. And that's how the tension was built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another movie like The Thing, which is the, you know, the same right, thing. Right. It's like, who, yeah. who, who amongst <laughs> us is it? Right. So, and here, it's, you know, it's a little twist on that. But it's, it's obviously not a whodunit. <laughs> we, we know who's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big phallic alien creature. <laughs> but <laughs> it's this giant walking phallus with teeth, <laughs> several sets of teeth. Which, yeah, when you say it that way, it's even more terrifying. Uh, It's very terrifying. Yeah. I just, I just clinched up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it, it does subvert, even though it creates its own genre, it's even Mm -hmm. playing with what, I don't know. It's for, for me to, to make the claim that it's maybe the most suspenseful film. It's, it's for reasons like that. Like, you know, some something's going to happen to Brett. Right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we already, 
we already know that and it's right. it's, it's it's so tense and, and like awful uh-huh. um, yeah. cuz we don't we don't know at that point right what's after him we think it's right. a little snake thing you know <laughs> yeah yeah we we have no idea um, it's what's going to bite him on the ankle yeah what's <laughs> and it's going to have acid in it and it's just going to dissolve yeah. <laughs> it's going to melt his foot yeah that's bad but oh parker you got my foot good (laughs) (laughs) um but the reveal and and that that again the whole like hint but they're not showing the full yeah you're you're getting a sense that this is Mm -hmm. a monster of you know bizarre and gigantic but I mean, Scott was wise and not to really show the guy in the rubber suit really that absolutely th- that much. I mean, I think he learned that from um, Jaws, where we don't right. see you know we don't see the shark yeah, until like the don't end. show the shark. Yeah, and and that's that's really wise. And you would think more directors would kind of follow along that logic of like, yeah, I, what I, your imagination is producing is way scarier than what Hollywood can make in a right beat. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only point in the movie that we actually see the full alien in frame, head to toe, is after Ripley blows him out of the airlock. Do we see I, him before that? I no, because the um, you see shadows. We see right. the yeah, obviously you see the waist mouth up at times, and yeah. even when the even when she's on the shuttle, and I mean the alien is mm-hmm. all like you know in that kind of um you know fetal position inside the hiding inside the shuttle we -hmm. don't see the full scale of it Um, right you're right until it's blown out the airlock and 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 i and i've never loved that scene i've never nobody does because it looks stupid i mean it takes it takes takes away the mystique (laughs) it looks like a man with a tail yeah yeah it looks like a, a rubber action figure or something that's that's on a string um, yeah. <laughs> no, they they were that that's the one thing that I don't know if he thought that was a good idea or somebody mm-hmm. made them or what. But <laughs> it that that is an interesting choice for It's just like in Jaws where right. you finally see the giant shark and it's you know, it's it looks silly a little bit um at you know now. Right. I, but the I movie think. is like built up enough like uh I don't know, capital, if you will, like suspense capital. <laughs> yeah, suspense <laughs> it can, capital. It could spend some of it <laughs> with our suspense capital. lame effects. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got to spend some time talking about Sigourney Reaver, uh, Ripley, um, and her role in this movie. I'm <clears throat> one of the, th- so there's, there's a thing in like the horror genre of like the final girl, right? Yep. Like it's always, yeah. it's always a female yep. protagonist who is the survivor at the end. <laughs> um, you know, and oftentimes it's like you, you sympathize with her cause she's weak and you, you know what I mean? Like there's a, no, it, it, yeah, it, it has to juxtapose victim. against, yeah, her, yeah. her, her frailty and innocence right. and everything against right. the evil menace that is chasing her. R- yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and to me in this movie, like Ripley's character could have been 
a man or like it's not written in, in my opinion it's not written that way you know i don't I mean? think in fact i think in the original draft i don't think that character was written as as a woman i think that mm. was a cho- i think that was a choice by scott mm-hmm. um i don't i think i you know I, in fact i think ripley had a different name um mm-hmm. some some the the original script had some different characters and names yeah. and stuff like that but I, I but i don't i think you're yeah to your point i do believe it was not written specifically as as a female actor um right to to, to play that role well and and there's i don't get the sort of stereotypical like um uh horror um you know victim the female yeah. last girl victim um, from her character, the way that she plays it, the way that it's written, um, any of her actions in the movie. I mean, she seems like a fully fledged, you know, person who, you know, just happens to be the one yeah. <laughs> that survives at the end. But, um, but yeah, it just doesn't, it, and I think that's, I think that's an important part of this movie is, is that it is her character is our protagonist and the fact that she is a woman is incidental. It is not, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, not, exactly. No, it's right. So it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, this is the role that needs to be cast. And it just so happens to be played by a woman. And the fact that she's a woman, isn't the point, you know what I mean? No, she's, I mean, I, I doubt if there's anything I could say about Sigourney Weaver's performance in this that hasn't been, said a million mm-hmm. times before because she is the ultimate hero uh, for mm-hmm. s- for so many people in that mm-hmm. yeah again i i think why we admire her and root for her is because she is clever and she is yep. um you know trying to keep her calm and mm-hmm. str- struggling also to keep order like with <laughs> as, yeah. as 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 the as the chain of command <laughs> gets <Breaks> eliminated <laughs> right. um, she, she's still you know parker's doesn't want to do this and she's like shut up unless somebody has got a better idea we'll proceed with dallas's plan what and then don't blind the others <laughs> no, you're out of your mind. You got a better idea? Yes. I say that we abandon the ship. We get the shuttle and just get the hell out of here. We take our chances and just hope that somebody picks us up. The shuttle won't take four. <laughs> well, then why don't we trust Rutherford? I'm not going in these drawers. I'm for killing that goddamn thing right now. Okay. Well, let's talk about killing it. We know it's using the air shafts. Will you listen to me, Parker? Shut up! Let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's using the air shafts. We don't know that. That's the only way. We'll move in pairs. We'll go step by step and cut off every bulkhead and every vent until we have it cornered, and then we'll blow it the fuck out into space. Is that acceptable to you? And I know that there was actually... that, that. I think that was kind of an ad lib line by Weaver. I think she said like she was getting crap from Parker or, oh, really? or um Koto. Like mm-hmm. he just wasn't taking her seriously. Cause mm. he was an experienced actor. She was a right. nobody. Yeah. Um and that she I think Scott deliberately pushed her to like be more assertive mm. as as an actress mm-hmm. because she had to be as that character mm-hmm. to take over 
um, and, to, and to, to be in charge, be the leader of this group to try right. to survive. Um, yeah. And it comes across. I mean, she's, she's, I mean, Ripley's one of the most iconic characters in, I mean, in film, I think. I mean, it's, she's just one of my favorite characters. She is, and for good reason. I, again, I think this goes back to, like, uh, the character doesn't feel written to fill a sort of cliched... No, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. mold that needs to be filled, right? Uh, it feels very real. Um, and the way that she plays it, you know, um, feels incredibly real, Um and, and so I think that's why it works. And I think that's why it sticks because it's not, you're not just sticking her into a mold that you've seen a yeah, lot of times. Before, right. Right. You know, um, it feels like a, a real fully fledged human being, which like <laughs> we could all hope for more of those in, in movies. Right. I, yeah. Know? I don't of all the things. It's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit sad that this is what we're latching onto here, which is like the fact that, you know, uh, she's a woman and the lead and we're talking about how the fact that she hasn't been like pigeonholed into all these stereotypes. I mean, that's kind of a sad commentary on, on cinema. I it guess. really is to think of yeah. like how much time has passed and how much we haven't really yeah. <laughs> evolved oh God. In, in writing, in writing good character. In fact, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the main things we're suffering from film in general right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that characters are are shitty? They're just yep. not well written, and you don't yep. care about what happens to them. And yep. it's not that actors are worse. I think actors are still as good as they ever were. It's just the writing has become. You're right. Just cliched or some mm-hmm. sort of agenda or non agenda. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't. The 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 movies that have tried to copy, Alien. Mm-hmm have overall failed because of mm-hmm. this reason is because mm-hmm. it's not because they didn't have a scary monster or a, or a, a weird premise. It was, it was because the characters themselves aren't fully fledged human beings. Like you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to know what happens to Ripley. Um, she, she's interesting to us and, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we do, she's our point of view through this thing for the most part. Um, and, and the things that she has to overcome, um, are, are you know <laughs> unbelievable situations and how how what and believable solutions I guess. So I I will probably talk about Prometheus at some point um, <laughs> in in its own right. But as you were saying that, I was just thinking about Prometheus because it's it's another movie that takes a sort of cast of here's yeah. your different types of speci- specialties and puts them down right. on a planet uh-huh. and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm just reflecting on, like, what do we know about any of those people that isn't directly related to the story and the plot that we need to unfold? Like, right. one of the things about Alien, right, we know that Brett and Parker, they care about the bonuses. <laughs> they're, like, working class guys. That's what they care about, right? It has right. nothing to do with the plot, but we know who they are based on that whole dynamic, right? Kane, right? Kane is like, I want to get out there. I want to understand what's going on. I'm, I'm a, a man of, like, science or whatever. I don't know. But, like, he has motivations that that make us interested in him as a person that aren't related to furthering the plot, but tell us more about who these people are. Um, 
Yeah. And I can't exa- think yeah. of anything in, you know, a movie like Prometheus where that's true of any of the other people other than our two kind of main characters. And even that's a little bit shaky for me. It is. And I, I, know? I and unfortunately, I think that goes to my point. And this is Scott himself who yeah, created right. this movie, did mm-hmm. not make characters that were as interesting as the ones in this one. I mean. Right. Yeah. I didn't care about anyone who died in Prometheus. No, I, I mean, you I was wanted... happy to see them go. Yeah, exa- that, that's that's true. I I was you know, like nameless guy and like right. you know the guy with the face and you know whatever. It's like I don't the person with the accent. You know, I don't right. even know the right. characters' names. Right, just David. Right. That was it. I remember. You know, we have, well, oh that's my god, the... <laughs> Mike Michael Fassbender can do no wrong. I, I yeah, would so... ever be a fan of his. <laughs> So, Chris, I am really interested to hear if you found a key scene in this movie. I, I don't have any idea what I would have picked, so I'm really interested in what you picked. Yeah, I think probably the most common one I think people's, but it's the most standout scene in the movie is not the one I'm picking. Hmm. Um, you know, of, of course, the the scene around the, in, you know, in the canteen right, cafeteria right. where. Um, the chest burster scene. Yeah, that that of course is probably one of the most famous scenes in horror mm-hmm. cinema. Um, yeah, that could have been a choice, but I don't think in terms of it's not suspenseful though. I mean, it's kind yeah. of suspenseful, but not in the way I'm thinking about suspense, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where it builds dread and fear. Right. Um, and I will. Not only say this is not just the key scene for this movie. I think it's the scariest thing in any movie I've seen to this day. Mm. Um, I, nothing has challenged that mm-hmm. <laughs> seriously, and that's Dallas in the airlocks. Oh my god! That, oh my god! I still oh. get creeped out, and I've oh. watched that scene over and over oh. and over again. And yeah. um, that stands out to me as just in terms of suspense and fear and horror and everything yeah. that's nightmare fuel. Right. Um, <laughs> that particular scene has stuck in my psyche. I mean, has given, that's the part that gave me nightmares was seriously yeah. like just the anxiety provoking. And that's why I, I brought the point up about um, Ash making crappy devices because <laughs> yeah. there's a part where, um, you can see like on the little grid, the things mm-hmm. coming, you know, something's coming and right. he's like, I don't know where it is. You know, is it up or down or what, where is it? Um, and, sh- and, and the little machine is going out. Like it's starting, right. it's, it stops working at, mm-hmm. at a key point where it's like, it's, you know, and, and Lambert is just screaming, get out of there, <laughs> right, get out of right, there, right. get out of there. And right. he's like, I don't, you know, I don't know where it is. And, right. um, I don't, <sighs> I don't even know what to say. It's a, it's such it's such a in in terms of what this movie is about to me and what mm-hmm. effective horror is and how mm-hmm. um, suspense is built. Um, I think that and it's in it's like in the middle of the movie. It's not the it's right. not like it's not the crescendo to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 stuck there in the middle. Right. Um, and really is the opening of, um, I mean, if you broke, if you broke the movie up into acts, I guess that's kind of the, uh, is it, 
where would you put it? Let me think of it that way. Like, obviously, the first act is everything building up to the actual face hugger. Then the mm-hmm. the face hugger, and I guess this is the hunt. So this is this is in the middle of the second act. Yeah, um, I think so. It's it's it starts the transition though to what is what what are they going to do next? Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I would almost say like the third act is when everyone but Parker and, and Lambert and Ripley are, are gone and they're like, nope, we're going to abandon the ship. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? Like that, that, that that's, is a turning yeah. point. Because that's a long part of the movie is the last, there's no dialogue for how long, you know, it, there's a point where there's no more talking in the movie, basically. Right, right, right. Like for like 30, 30 minutes of it. And <laughs> yeah. that's the interesting thing about this film is the pacing because the first 40 minutes of the movie is pretty mundane. I mean, we don't, it even is. though it's, it's, it's building to like something, but mm-hmm. nothing really happens. Right. Nothing right. of any significance. Yep. Yeah. Um, even, even the scene after the face hugger drops off and they're in the infirmary <laughs> looking for it, right? Like there's some jump scare suspense moments in there, but it's still fairly routine, fairly mundane. Yeah, um, and yet and, and some of the tension f- is the unknown of the planet, and yep, and the breaking of quarantine. Like you know, again, we get back to the interpersonal <laughs> stuff, right? So, yeah, um, which is reinforced throughout the movie. I, 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 I love that pick of the, um, the Dallas and the air shafts as the key scene. I, a hundred percent agree with you in that it is so suspenseful and and what and again going back to what human beings would do like the way that dallas acts in that i think is incredibly believable you know there's a point where he says like close all the air vents behind (laughs) me right which he is saying because (laughs) to this point he has not encountered a thing and his primary objective is to protect the crew and the ship and drive it along Right. And then you get to the point where he's like, uh, I want to get the hell out of here. Can I can tell me which way I can move? Yeah. He's just like starting to panic and you can feel like the claustrophobia setting yep. in of like, you know, I just got to, I just got to go. I just got to go. Yeah. And, no, he just trapped and, himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and poor Lambert on the radio where she's finally like, no, not that way. And you're like, what do you mean? Not that way. <laughs> Am I, am I Claire Lambert? I want to get the hell out of here. Oh, God. It's moving right towards you. Uh. Move. Get out of there. Move it towards you. Move. Down. Move down. Move down. Get out. Oh, it's so well done. Because you're, yeah, like, there's so many little little facets there. Because, like, again, it's not a, he's not in a linear environment. This is, this right, is, has, right, has levels right. and, like, shit could come from anywhere, you realize. Like, oh, he's, it could come from below or above or where you don't know. Um, and, again, we don't really know what it can do. You know, we right. don't know, we don't know really anything about the alien that, at, we don't know much at this point of what it is, yeah. and we see no, it for terrifying. like. I, I've I've gone through this part 
like second by second where mm-hmm. they it, you out of the darkness it's all quiet and then the alien right. jumps out and that is right. that is a really scary shot like right <laughs> to even go through it like that it's it's so incredibly well crafted too because you see dallas you know he's going in the wrong direction because lambert is screaming at him and yeah. he climbs down that ladder, and the first thing he does is shine the light towards the camera, towards us, mm-hmm. and he's got this dark <laughs> corridor behind him, and then he shines the light in the other way, and that's when the and that's when is. it jumps. That's where it was, yep. yeah. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's so well done, and yeah, I, I love, and th- there's so much in this movie, I, I, we haven't really talked about this, but there's so much in this movie that gets set up and paid off in the movies that follow, right? Even the idea of the motion tractor, right? Motion tractor, motion tracker (laughs) as a vehicle for suspense, right? Like we know something is close. We don't quite know where, um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. That is, is, it's like the Chekhov's gun for all sequels, right? Like everything established in this That's movie true. Yeah, continues to, to be referred to later to on in, in the franchise, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's no, funny. It, <laughs> it's a, it's a great sequence. Although I will say this is another one of those, like we talked about this a little bit in sunshine, which is like, why is it the captain that's going into the vents, right? Like the most important yeah. person on the crew who's like right. going to do it. But and it's a little bit. It makes a little more sense in this movie because of his carrot character. Like Tom Scarrett is. He's well, doesn't doesn't Ripley volunteer first? And he's like, he no, nope. she does. Yep, I'm mm-hmm. I'm the one. Which right. you know she's which not going to argue with him. Sunshine. Yeah. No kidding. Like, all right, fine, you go. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense that he's the one to go. But you know, again, it 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 feels fitting for his character. I think. As yeah, sort of I, the looking out for my people. This is another. This is another scene where, like, just the the set design really shines in the sort of like the. <laughs> I can't think of a better word than sphincter. The way that the things collapse, you know, the, the bulkheads. <laughs> the the Oculus, the, like... The, yeah, yeah, that's a better word than sphincter. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> the way those things, it's sort of like they spiral in and there's still a little, like, gap. And you can see the light sh- flickering through yeah. them and, and that kind of thing. Well, it's... I mean, it's that whole dynamic that is, is in the movie a lot. Like, the... Yeah. Like, the idea of machinery being mm. like a living thing, and like they're uh-huh. in the bowels of the uh-huh. the, sh- the ship, the organism, and there's this virus <laughs> through it. I mean, you can look at it all. I mean, I'm sure somebody written a, wrote a PhD thesis on that idea. I just said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'll saying, be googling probably, that when we're done. <laughs> yeah, like just that whole idea yeah. of you know that there's the interplay between those because like bodily horror is such a part mm-hmm. of this movie. I mean, in in terms of just making you feel squeamish and uncomfortable. And everything, I think we mentioned at the beginning, everything in this movie serves that purpose to make me feel uncomfortable and (laughs) like, it's it's familiar, but there's something off and I don't like it. And it makes me feel creeped out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I mean so much of the ship design right it, it is it it's yeah. um it it ties into that too so 
you know, not only like it's more pronounced in the alien and everything that the alien is doing. And the the, derelict ship. Yeah, exactly. Both, right? The derelict ship and and the the space jockey. um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But you mean the the engineers? (laughs) Nope. I'm calling them space jockey. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it all all ties back to like, yeah, I, I. I, I I just feel like this movie does such a good job of like keying into the subconscious, right? Like I feel gross right now and I'm not yeah. sure why, but I don't feel good about what I'm seeing. I wish there was a better word for me to use than creepy because that's, <laughs> that's, that's essentially maybe what I'm talking about. It's not, mm-hmm. it's suspense is maybe a form of it, but yeah. it, there there's this... From the get-go, there's this unsettled feeling you have yeah. watching this movie, and it stays yeah. with you after you've watched it a hundred times. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, even though I'm accustomed to the movie and know the yep. dialogue and know what's going to yep. happen and everything about it in the background, it still feels, you know, you feel weird. <laughs> like, there's, there's so, and it's the, well, it's, it's the subtleties and the psychological horror that plays upon your. Um, your feelings or whatever it's that and and it's even like i i've noticed this before watching this movie but i really noticed it this time but like even little things like the sweat beads on like ripley's hand as she's like coming up out of a vent <laughs> right. like it is so pronounced you know oh yeah um and and in your face and it just again like so much of this feels very visceral you know mm-hmm. um and i think all of that serves uh the mood and um the way that the movie is trying to make you feel this is this movie's a master in manipulating the audience to say i'm gonna make you feel this way now and you're not gonna like it but you're gonna do it <laughs> yeah because there's other again there's other movies that are like you know, gross or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that, that don't accomplish nearly like human centipede. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Why'd you say that? I don't why, know. Why did you do that, Glenn? That was. <laughs> That's but my yes, pick for next there, week. There's no, <laughs> I quit. I'm so done. If I, I will never watch that movie again, ever. You, you'll do an M Night movie, but not the Human Centipede. Well, yeah. It's a, no, that's that's seriously the. Yeah, but yeah, that that's a movie that just has a like a gross concept, you know, and that's right. like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Wouldn't it be gross if we did this? Yeah, right, let's right, make a movie, right. you know. Whereas right. Alien is not like. I mean, the, what's what's the plot of Alien? They these guys accidentally uncover a you know an alien and bring it on the <laughs> ship and is trying to kill them. That's the plot, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds really exciting. So, Glenn, I know how much we love and admire this movie, mm-hmm. but did it save the world? Absolutely. Uh, that's an easy answer <laughs> for me. That's the, that's the right answer. I that is like. an easy one for me. I'll, I'll tell you why. But but I'm curious to what your reasoning is. Yes. Okay. Uh, here's my reasoning. And I, I'm frankly, I'm going to step outside of the trying to tie this to any great cultural <laughs> impacts that we can take away because it doesn't fit. But that said, 
um, I'm still going to come down on a hundred percent. Yes. And, and, and for the following reasons, one is, um, this movie had a vision. It had a, an aesthetic. It had a look. It had a, a, a thing that it was trying to put forth. And I think it succeeded brilliantly um, in doing that. It has, uh, 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 <laughs> for better or worse, uh, bred an entire franchise and, yeah. you know, <laughs> a, a, an obsession with this subject. Um, I think in part inspired by Giger's uh, visualization of that mm-hmm. and by Ridley Scott's eye um, um, to this, but like the cultural impacts of this movie, you know, can't be overlooked. Um, and again, like, unfortunately, it, it has refused to die in some very bad movies, but <laughs> you can't hold this that against this movie. No, um, no. So those are some of the reasons why I say yes, because it, it, it unleashed, you know, decades of, of entertainment. And again, this movie is 1979 and it's, it's incredible. Um, the second reason I'll say yes is some of what we touched on earlier, right? Like there is a female protagonist that is not a protagonist because she is female. It is just who she, you know, it's just right. the fact that she is a woman is secondary to her character. Um, I think we need more characters like that in movies. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, where their gender or their identity isn't the thing that the role <laughs> is about, right? Like it is secondary. It is, it is so sad that this movie is over 40 years old. Um, and that we are still having to look at that in, in the way people are written. You know, if it's not a straight white man, um, uh, <laughs> then they're there because of their identity. And that is right. just shameful, yeah. right? It is. It um, is. That's, that is, that is, that is and shameful. And there is, it, it is. And there is nothing about Ripley's character that, you know, it, her gender doesn't matter for her character. And I think, um, the way it's played and the way that she's written, um, in this movie, um, uh, backs that up. She is who she is. And the fact that she's a woman is, is second to her, her character. Um, so, and, and I'll just be repeating myself. We need, we need more of that. Um, and I think that's, those are my reasons. I was going to say like, it just looks cool. Um, I like the dark gritty <laughs> yeah. science fiction. Um, Oh, Hey, what year is this movie set in? Do you remember? Yeah, shoot. Do they tell us? I've seen a. T- I've actually seen <laughs> a, a timeline of like all the alien movies and like what. I mean, I think it's supposed to be like over a hundred and fifty years from now or something. Like it better be. <laughs> this this would be another one of my pet peeves of science fiction movies not being set far enough in the future. So right, <laughs> if we assume it's you know a couple hundred years in the future from now. And it was made 40, like typically, you know, a movie made 40 years ago would be like in 2019. And it's like, man, <laughs> we, we, we're still on gas cars. Like we ain't traveling to other planets yet. You what? Know? You don't remember so. back in 2010 when we lived on the moon and we yeah. had like a football team on Mars and stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those anyway, great, that that's, that's my answer. I mean, y- you can't look at a movie like this and come down on the, the side of no and... <laughs> um, you just can't. 
it, it is it's obviously for us it's we have no point of reference to know what it was like kind of before alien right i mean what horror was like or what science fiction was like we just mm-hmm. um but so many like when we did sunshine he you know he too was referencing like alien was one of the inspirations right. of the look right. and feel and all this stuff and again mm-hmm. it's a fine movie and that's a good place to find inspiration but it also mm-hmm. didn't succeed in the same way that alien does as the template um yeah. for, for and even the, the the creator you know the director of this movie couldn't reproduce it himself in two other movies yeah. you know yeah if yeah. anyone should be able to do it it's him right and he <laughs> yeah. he he lightning doesn't strike twice it just mm-hmm. it it doesn't um yeah no do, no I, I don't know how I, you know how to I can, you know, we could cut it up and pull it apart and analyze each part, but there's something that even it's greater than the sum of its parts, you know? Absolutely. I, I, that is a great way to characterize it because, you know, I've seen Giger's work not related to Alien and it's very interesting yeah. and, you know, not necessarily <laughs> something I'd hang on my wall, but very clearly, <laughs> really? a, a, yeah, very clearly like a, 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 a genius with a particular perspective and aesthetic right (laughs) and then you get you know the director ridley scott and you get the writer dan o'bannon and you know um all of these things coming together that just worked perfectly and built something more than probably probably any individual any of the individuals could do right around so yeah no it's like I don't know. I mean, to use a like music, for instance, where you have mm-hmm. the individual Beatles, for instance, like sure, you know, pu- oh putting, yeah, putting putting together Abbey Road <laughs> or or whatever Revolver, but individually yeah. they're not, you know, they they couldn't do the same thing. I don't um, know. I feel like Wings is better than the Beatles. <laughs> Wings did some amazing work. You might have a good point there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wings is like the alien covenant of the Beatles. <laughs> oh man, I love that. I'm gonna have to use that. <laughs> Wings, you mean the alien covenant of the Beatles? <laughs> so from now on, we have to make a promise to each other. Whenever you hear somebody mention that band. For some reason, that doesn't come yeah. up that often. I, I was going to say, I'm I'm ready to make that commitment because it has never come up, and will <laughs> You've never, never come had a up conversation about so what's your favorite come? band. Well, it's Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, never happened. <laughs> oh God! McCart- McCartney's highest artistic achievement. It was definitely oh, his time in God. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Beatles was just training grounds for him to really come into his, his <laughs> own. Really develop in his wings. own. <laughs> so good. The, the, the fulfillment of that vision. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think we could look at the. <laughs> everything that came after Alien, except for obviously aliens. Listen. Um, this is why you you don't blame the Beatles for what came after the Beatles. You shouldn't right. blame Alien for what came for, after Alien. No, and it's yeah. I mean, for a movie that had 
yeah, that just impacted the industry yeah. as much <laughs> as it did because mm-hmm. everyone was trying to make the next alien. Would you rather? Yeah. I can't Would wait. you rather be <laughs> Would you rather be killed by the alien <laughs> or killed the way that Ash tried to kill Ripley? <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, I was watching that today and trying to understand the rationale that this freaking robot goes through, which is like clearly the best way to kill this person Above is roll up. Roll up a magazine, (laughs) yeah, and shove it not down her throat, just on her mouth. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh man, you have to pick a way to die aboard the. I know, I know. I just have to stay on this for a moment, (laughs) though. Like this is this. Ash is clearly like superior in strength. He's throwing Ripley around. He's and throwing Ripley across the room. It's a it's a freaking android who yeah. could just snap your neck. He could just like tear her head off. Yeah. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm gonna uh, And okay, this is what struck me today. Like, okay, good job. You've got a magazine on her on her on her mouth. She can still breathe through her nose. You're not doing anything about that. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so how do I want to die? Um, which, which way? I mean, I'm going to have to go with the alien because <laughs> I, I feel like it would be over a lot quicker. At least the alien is like, I'm puncturing your skull with my second mouth. And and Ash is just ineptly like, pushing a magazine and, like... To me, that is a long death. If I'm dying oh, from that, I'm totally, totally dying from hunger and or it's something. What an uncool way to die, too. Like, <laughs> like you don't want that on your obituary. <laughs> he was, he <laughs> he choked on a penthouse magazine. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I suffocated on some soft dear yeah. dear penthouse forums. I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> I choked on one of your magazines. I'm dead now. <laughs> Thanks for the years of entertainment. <laughs> no, I'm taking the alien, man. Yeah. I want I want I want that alien to like saunter up to me to like thread his like long tail beneath my between my legs, pull uh, me close, and then just v- like via smack Lambert, me. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd answer that way. I just wanted to hear you struggle with it. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought it up because that that still baffles me. The decision making of this stupid robot. But it's so it's so horrifying though. It, it really is, is. It is. It's it like really oh my is. gosh, what is he doing? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that's like it, it fits the need for the movie, but you can look at it and say like that makes no sense. Yeah, but I don't no, care because it's, it's it, terrifying. <laughs> It really is. Okay, good. Good answer. So, Glenn, after yeah. we've enjoyed um, one of our favorite movies, I'm, yeah. very, I'm very curious to what direction we're going next. What's our next movie? Uh, well, um, I didn't have to think too long about this. Um, oh. I bet you're going to guess it before I get there. Um <clears throat> I don't think so. Oh, you just wait. Um, the, 
the theme I chose. So I loved talking about this movie. I think it's a great movie. Um, and it really inspired this next pick for me. Um, the theme that I chose, which I think is rare, um, in cinema is great sequels. Uh, and yeah. so the movie that I've chosen, obviously, is Aliens. Oh, <laughs> clever. <laughs> so clever, right? <laughs> no, that, actually, that is a... Yeah, okay. No, that is, that is a, that's going to be a, a wonderful debate, because uh, this is something that, um, yeah. I wanted... Not, yeah, I... Yet. Yeah, I... I wanted to do these back to back because I, I no, people ask sense. me all the time, hard. like, yeah. which which do you think is a better movie? You know, and I right. I've got my answer for it, and I think <laughs> I think these two mer- these two mer- movies are worthy of being discussed back to back. So that's that's part of why I chose it. Well um, played, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, awesome. that'll be next week. Oh, good. Well, it's something to <laughs> look forward to on watching. And it'll be our last <laughs> podcast ever. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> Game over, man. Oh, so much. So much uh, in that movie. Oh, I know. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. This has been a lot of fun. Chris, thank you so much for this movie. It's been a ton of fun to talk about. about I enjoyed Alien. it as well. My pleasure yeah. to no, this finally has been get great. to sit down and do this movie. Yeah. And I really look forward to talking next week as we discuss the 1986 sequel to Alien, Aliens. Aliens.